was a nymph, one of Apollo's lovers. And in music, an aria is a self-contained piece for one voice. Hello, I am Serene B. Arias, and this is my voice. Each week on Arias, we explore a tiny slice of being human. I'm so glad you've decided to take this time with me. These lockdowns, they give us access to loneliness, maybe unparalleled in modern times. In this essay, I explore the nature of loneliness and what distinguishes it from the real freedom of just being alone, exploring how we move from the suffering of one to the pregnant opportunity of the other. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is called From Lonely to Blissfully Alone on Learning to Cope with Loneliness. You can read the written version at serene.medium.com. Now for our story. I love being alone. There is such a quiet stillness to it, a depth of calm unmatched by even the best yoga class. When I'm alone, the world seems to open up, its tiny slices suddenly, each sparkling with life. Loneliness, however, has almost nothing to do with being alone. After all, like so many, I suffered terrible loneliness during my 15-year-long marriage. There's no isolation more piercing than feeling invisible in a room full of people or in bed with someone who is supposed to make you feel otherwise. Loneliness is about longing, but longing for what? days I feel my loneliness most acutely when touching my iPhone, with its bright lights and dopamine-dosing apps. Buried within each mindless reach for it is my unconscious hope for connection. I am in love these days with someone with whom I don't live, so missing him is no doubt part of this mix but I really don't think it's the heart of the matter. Longing for him just turns up the volume on something that has always been there, even if it was less acute. Missing him just brings it into focus. Being lonely from time to time is part of being human. We humans come into the world as smushy babies, profoundly vulnerable for years, the longest of any mammal by far. We are, each of us, only alive because some older humans chose to tend to at least our most basic needs for quite a long time. 
that process, no matter how fraught it may have been, of needing and having needs met, in princess for connection. When we are babies, connection equals survival. Hopefully it also means warmth and love and tenderness. In the best of cases, connection brings mirroring, seeing and being seen by someone who loves us. In recent years, neuroscientists have discovered the brain basis for this phenomenon called mirror neurons, which activate during attachment and which seem to create the biological experience of empathy, allowing us on some level to actually feel what another person is feeling. Seeing and being seen by someone who loves us is the essence of growing up. It is how we humans come to know ourselves. Loneliness certainly includes a desire to be truly seen. The yearning that animates loneliness is at the heart of the religious experience too. In prayer, the devotee takes faith that there is out there a compassionate ear, speaking her deepest needs and desires, trusting that someone is listening. And if, as the world's great mystical traditions claim, the very sense that we are separate from one another is only an illusion, then the pit of loneliness that lends a heaviness to the heart is really just the cord that is tugging us home, back to a more real, more authentic, state of being where all is one. As the third wave of the pandemic swells, mastering the art of being alone is crucial for our mental health. Whereas there is serenity, beauty, and infinite opportunity in being alone, feeling lonely just plain hurts. How then can we go from one to the other, from lonely to blissfully alone. First and foremost, to move from loneliness to enjoying being alone, I had to force myself to put down my phone. No matter how lonely I might be at any given moment, the phone is never the solution. To the contrary, the more we learn about smartphones, the more we're coming to understand that they are the cause of the loneliness pandemic that was raging long before we had ever heard of COVID-19. In his seminal essay, Have Smartphones Destroyed a Generation? Dr. Gene Twinge summarizes it like this. He says, Teens who spend more time than average on screen activities are more likely to be unhappy, and those who spend more time than average on non-screen activities are more likely to be happy. There is not a single exception. All screen activities are linked to less happiness and all non-screen activities are linked to more happiness. Dr. Ann Lemke, director of the Department of Addiction Medicine 
at the Stanford Medical School, says it like this. Social media is a drug. We have a basic biological imperative to connect with other people. There is no doubt that a vehicle like social media, which is designed to optimize the connection between people, has the potential for addiction. Especially during the pandemic, the temptation to turn to my phone is overwhelming, but it's also a mistake. The real solution is far simpler and far more delicate. If we humans are hardwired for connection, trained to link it with survival, and if human yearning has animated the world's religions since time immemorial, we might conclude that we are simply cursed to suffer loneliness. After all, the very first observation recorded in the Bible about this newly made creature called human is, quote, It is not good for the human to be alone. I will make for him a fitting helpmate. Genesis chapter 2. No matter how pervasive loneliness is, my own experience of blissful aloneness reminds me that the answer to this question is no. I need not feel lonely even when I'm alone. And the solution to my loneliness is found in my habits, not in any other person. Loneliness is a form of yearning. When I feel it, what I'm feeling is a sense of resistance to the way things are right now. If I'm experiencing an existential threat, if I'm starving, or freezing, I'm going to need to do something to change my situation right away. Otherwise, no matter how heavy the ache in my heart, if I can force myself to zoom out a bit, I'll notice that every single moment is actually a mixture of good and bad, pleasure and pain. Letting the loneliness be there I challenge myself to notice five pleasant stimuli that are also true right now. And I can feel the loneliness lighten. The human ego takes time to come online. Before it does, we can't know ourselves without being seen by someone else. Most often the very same caregiver who is giving us food and love. But now that I'm an adult, that is no longer the case. In fact, now that I'm a grown-up, no one gets me like I get me. When loneliness tugs on the heart, it's an invitation to engage in self-care, to give myself space to be me in the world, and to do the things I love. A warm bath, journaling, or creative expression are all great places to start. To feel lonely 
is to feel the soul's tug buried in my heart side by side with a desire for love is my purpose I am a creative being with a unique gift to give the world simple forms of creative expression like playing an instrument or coloring in a coloring book can be enough to shake off the loneliness long enough to get my creative juices flowing once they are I remember, I have lots to do here during my brief stint on this planet. Once I've made friends with my loneliness, giving it the space it needs to be in my heart, albeit side by side with my passions, my gifts, and my ability to give myself some TLC, it is time to remember how many different kinds of people and activities bring me joy and make me feel loved. Rather than zoning out with TV or doom scrolling, this is when I push myself to call a friend, go for a walk, or return to a hobby that brings me joy. When all else fails, The very best strategy for combating loneliness is to remind myself that this too shall pass. Remembering that change is the only constant is especially challenging during the pandemic with so much uncertainty and no clear end in sight. But this basic principle of physics lives on regardless of our perception of it. No matter how bad things feel in any given moment, it will change. Loneliness is indeed a tug on the heartstrings. We feel the pull and we assume that a mysterious someone out there is doing the pulling. But we're wrong. It's not them. It's us. Loneliness is the feeling of my deepest self-calling asking for the space to be and to be seen. The answer to that call is to turn towards myself, to take some time for me, with me. Now, if you're a single parent during the pandemic, my heart goes out to you. But for the rest of us, More time to ourselves is a gift of the pandemic world, even if we find ourselves locked in two small spaces with too many people. Still, so many of those little obligations that used to fill the hours of our day have just fallen away. If you live with other people, you might need to speak up for yourself to claim some precious time to be alone. In the tightest of spaces, any door works, even one to a bathroom or a closet. What you are looking for is time to just be with you. Once you're alone, you're free to be the recipient of your own generosity, love, care, and attention. You are free to do what you love and to be 
who you were born to be. That is what the tug on our heartstring is trying to tell us. It is our own heart calling, asking to spend time with you. There's no doubt that we human beings are narrative creatures. We love our stories, weaving them, hearing them and telling them. But sometimes the deep truth of a thing is suspended between the words. Sometimes it's poetry that can say it best. So before we let you go today, here's a poem that's resonant with the themes of today's episode. Gaze, published by P.S. I Love You. Soft eyes accompanied that first I love you, cheek and caresses, breast and sweet milk, Here you are, here I am, here you are, here I am, and skin, and touch, and warmth, and love. Then body swells, lanky or full, soft arms further then, holding me still. Who am I? Who are you? Who am I? Who are you? And I, and strife, and tears, and life. Then young love longing and wet, deeper, yes, deeper. I give, I get. Where am I? Where are you? Where am I? Where are you? And union and wanting, forgetting, remember. Then, finally then, yes, this life, here I am. Where are you? Here I am. Who are you? In you I am witnessed. In me I see you. In me you are witnessed, in you I am new. My mother, my father, this love so fine. My soulmate, my brother, my partner divine. That's it for today on Arias. You can read this episode in the form of an essay at serene.medium.com. If you enjoy listening, buy me a coffee at coffee.com slash serene. This has been my voice. I hope you'll share yours with me. Hop on over to anchor.fm slash serene to send me a voice message 
about something that this episode stirred in you. And I will see you next week on Darius. Thank you.